Hello and welcome back to the Knowledge Panel. Uh, this is episode 36, where we will be talking about how to become an SEO freelancer and the processes around becoming an SEO freelancer. I've got a brilliant set of guests today. Please may I introduce you to Natalie, Lucas and Nick. I'm going to let them introduce themselves just a little bit. So Natalie, if we could start with you. Who are you? Where are you from? Why are you on this podcast? I'm Natalie Arney. I'm a freelance SEO consultant based in Brighton in the UK. Um, and I'm here to talk, yeah, all things freelance as the other two are. Brilliant. Lucas? Hi, I'm Lucas. Uh, living in London for the last 10 years. Um, and a big fan of Linux and always love to show some tips. So thank you for having me. Brilliant. And Nick? Hello, everybody. I also am a freelance SEO. I am based in Minnesota within the United States and have been in the SEO industry for going on 15 years now. Brilliant. So, guys, I'm going to start off with a pretty big question. Can somebody come in and share their journey of how they became an SEO freelancer and how it has shaped your career? Start off broad. I probably have one of the more public stories because I wrote about it and shared mine. But um, about four years ago, I was fired right after COVID had kind of became a thing. And fired's kind of the sexy way of saying it, but really my, my job was eliminated and my team had lost all their jobs. And I had gone through the, you know, the normal, you know, situation of applying, interviewing for jobs. And ultimately, I got a couple of job offers that were really low paying. And the job that I did want put me through five or six interviews over like a five week period of time to only come back and say, thanks, no thanks. Which funny side story to that, I did find out literally, it'd be like three and a half years later when talking one that. I was never going to get the job that it was one of those they hired they put the job posting out but already had like an internal hire of mine but i digress um so at that point i i kind of had always wanted to be freelance but i have three kids i'm i'm married so i kind of have quite a few uh individuals that depend on me but i figured at this point i was going to take the gamble you know really just gamble on my own rules my own you know logic and you know, figure worst case scenario, if freelancing didn't work out, I'd go back to the corporate world and maybe I'd be a better employee for it. Thank goodness I haven't had to. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a crazy story, Nick. I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm glad that you found freelancing. Uh, as a, I'm not as sorry a now. Back then, I might have been a little bit more open <laughs> to a sympathetic <laughs> ear. <laughs> Natalie, I'm wondering what, what's your journey to becoming a freelancer? What does that look like? So I became a freelancer just before COVID hit. So <laughs> my timing was, oh uh, yeah, I did really well with my timing. Basically, I worked in-house as um, a, an SEO manager, but I headed up the marketing department of a travel company. Um, and yeah, my, the, my timing couldn't be better. Um, basically, what happened was I was looking around for a, a new job and I was actually offered a contracting role, um, which allowed me to then build up my freelancing kind of side. It wasn't really a side hustle as such because I was alre already, um, already a freelancer or contractor. But um, yeah, it I yeah, my timing, February, <laughs> February 2020 was when I 
went freelance. So yeah, I, I was literally freelance for about three weeks. And then COVID hit. Uh, obviously, a lot of my the company that I worked at had to go on furlough. Um, while I was, you know, I was able to then build up my build up my business. Um, so yeah, it was I it was I was good, good. I was really, really lucky with my timing. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell, I guess. Go COVID That's- freelancers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aluka? I had a slightly different story because um, I was uh, having, since I remember, since I moved to London, always there was some requests uh, aside from my full-time job. Uh, sometimes they were like, initially, uh, could you help me with a website? Uh, can you Could you set up a PPC campaign for me here and there, here and there? And... 2018, that was when I decided to leave um, as a director of Zupla when I was working there for Usage and Zupla. My daughter, first daughter was born and we moved to East London and I was like, I really wanted to spend more time at home, uh, be able to see my daughter growing and later I had another daughter. So that started, uh, like I switched completely in 2018 into consultancy freelancing and since then I am I'm I'm doing this so yeah that's that's my story that's brilliant I mean I think before I go on to the next question I, I kind of wanted to ask how how scary was that for you guys I mean you came at it from three different ways one was sort of forced in a way someone was uh, just managed to write in time and then another Lucas isn't sort of because of like location I mean, all three of those doesn't take away how scary moving to freelance freelancing is. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to just. I feel like it's good to talk about that before before we even get into it, because it's um, it's not an easy thing to do. I would say from my specific situation, it was quite scary. I mean, I didn't really have like now when I talk to a lot of people, the very first recommendation I have is that they build up like their emergency fund just on chance that it doesn't work or, you know, you tend to work for a little less in the beginning. And, you know, and I didn't have much. I mean, I was your typical employee that was kind of living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. My wife was stay at home uh, mom for a little bit. So it, it was quite scary. But I will say the one thing that was nice looking back on it is being let go and essentially being told, no, I am not wanted at some of these jobs. Like, I've never been more motivated in my entire life to like prove people wrong. And that fire was never going to let me fail. Like even if I was going to go work at McDonald's at night while I do SEO during the day, like I wasn't scared of failing. I was more scared of the unknown. That's really interesting. It seems like freelancing, it's it's the solution to quite a lot of things, but it's also um, a huge problem at the very beginning if you get it wrong. Um, does anybody else have anything to add to this? If I can add one thing, it is that I had this little comfort because I subconsciously somewhere was preparing for that step for last 10 years in a lot of sacrifice because during my full-time job, most of my holidays which I had, and you, you probably know that it works a bit different in UK. You have like 28, 29 days of holidays. Literally 25 days of my holidays, or 20 to 25, I was always reserving for conferences. I've been able to go to China for 48 hours. 
and sleep in the hotel, pay for the hotel, the conference was home. Very, very nice luxury, very expensive hotel. But I, will, I and I knew that I'm, I'm going not to earn anything, but I was going there just to show my face and through the conferences uh, more and more and more, just to build this kind of personal brand. Um, now, surprisingly, as a consultant, I'm doing way less conferences because I'm that busy with consultancy. I, I have, surprisingly, a conference this Thursday in London, but this is one from since uh, December when I was in Indonesia speaking, but I have this lovely hat for my friends. I do SEO. But so, so what I'm trying to say is like subconsciously somewhere there I was operating maybe in the area that one day I will switch and I was building this. I also always was trying to secure myself financially to the point that I don't need to stress because I think having a dealing as a consultant is also stressing enough. So I don't want to put on top of that more stress. My wife wasn't working those days because she was taking care of my little one that was born. I was helping her uh, also. Uh, that was a new experience for us as parents. So there was lots of unknown things that you had to deal with making this regime of, you know, going to sleep on time, waking up on time, not going to the pub uh, at uh, Wednesday just because you met somebody and, you know, no, tomorrow you have a call 7 a.m. because someone is based in India or in Indonesia and they are different time zones and you need to wake up. So it's kind of uh, a bit of military drill to, to some point, but the good way. That is so interesting. It's like that idea of, it was always going to be the plan, but there's just some things in life that push it to be a bit quicker than than others. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that, guys. Um, so my next question is, um, what are some essential skills and qualifications? I'll put those in sort of brackets because, I don't know, I feel like there's a debate to be had around SEO freelancing and, and being forced to have, a, have qualifications. But um, what kind of essential skills and qualifications are required to succeed as an SEO freelancer? I guess that also opens up the question of what makes a successful SEO freelancer. Um, maybe Natalie? I would say, oh gosh, there's a few of them. <laughs> so I think there's there's a few kind of traits I think are really, really important for an SEO freelancer to have. Um, not everyone has it. Um, and it's a lot of it is trial and error. Um, but at the same time, it's really, really important to kind of understand what we're what we face, um, because obviously things like not having an account team to or, or client services team to work with us, obviously not having business development team to then filter things in. If we were working agency side, for example, wouldn't have a we, it's very, very rare that an SEO freelancer would have someone like that to, to, to do that. So I would say, yeah, client services skills um, and also um, kind of business development skills. Obviously, marketing ourselves as well is, is really important. I know that there are people out there who do say you don't have to market yourself and they say that you don't need to have these kinds of skills. Um, however, from myself personally, from my experience, I think having this kind of inf having these kinds of skills is really, really important. Um, you don't have to have the experience, um, but the knowledge and being able to know and try and test is so, so important. And that's obviously number one in our, in our kind of day-to-day -day work that we do, but also on the, yeah, 
on the business development side, the marketing ourselves side, and also working with clients, um, whether that is working with agencies and white labeling work, or whether that's working with clients directly. Yeah, I'll jump in. And I think, you know, I'm very bullish on this, but I think I can sum up what everything Natalie was saying, because I agree with you 100% to two bullet points. One is you have to know what the heck you're doing. Like, I don't really believe that freelancing is the time where you're like learning from, we're always learning, but you're not learning from scratch. And then the effective communication, because again, as Natalie had said, if you're not able to talk to decision makers and explain the nuances of SEO and put it in the terms of basically they're going to pay you X and they're going to get Y in return, nobody's going to want to work with you. I, I think sometimes you need to give a direction to the clients. Some of clients are coming and they don't understand really what they want or they have different understanding of SEO that it really works. A common example, a couple of years ago, I had a potential client who was telling that they want to get into telematic, which is like um, a term related to the car driving and uh, and so on and so on. Generally, people are searching telematic, but they really wanted to name this completely different way and use own nomen- nomenclature, uh, not own naming. And I was like, listen, guys, this is, this is like not like a year or two. This, that, that, that's a decade until that will sink to the people's mind. And it's almost like, you know, uh, like in UK, for example, people are searching car insurance, car insurance quotes, and potentially, correct me if I'm wrong, in US, people are more into auto insurance, vehicle insurance. In UK, nobody is searching vehicle insurance or auto insurance or very little. People are into car insurance. So sometimes you need to have this courage to say, like, listen, I I think this is wrong. This is wrong. You will you will burn lots of money for your new website or for the team you want to hire with very little uh, or no results. And if you are happy to uh, listen how I would like to help you, the different way I would like to help you, then then, then let's have a chat. Sometimes it won't work. And it's an, there is nothing wrong to say like, you know what? It will probably won't work. So I, I, I think we, we may not be good much, but very often clients are like, okay, uh, tell me, and then I'm almost like, okay, take 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 a take a take a comfortable seat. I will now I will tell you the story, and you know we're going into this. We're starting, and clients are like, okay, this is fascinating. You're saying about languages and this and that, like translating website, many examples, you know. So I think this is also a part of their of their role. Yeah. So I think what I'm taking from this is courage, making sure you have that sort of self belief. Because you don't have that team behind you to tell you, oh, you don't have that thing to say, no, you are right. I think I think you are right. This time, it, it's just you. And that is actually really, really scary. Um, and I think in terms of what um, Natalie and, and Nick were saying, um, kind of touching on, there's there's half of me that's like, yeah, you, you can't be doing this for the first time. You, you, you've got to have this, to, to even have the self-belief, you've got to um, know what you're doing. But then there's what Natalie touched on, which is half of the stuff that you've got to do. There's no way you would have done that before. The sort of accounting, or that you might have done it, but um, so it's it's sort of this amalgamation of just a hundred different skills. And I think, yeah, uh, Lucas is probably right. The, the one that that comes out of it the most is is courage um, to to just believe that you can do it. One of the the benefits, and it's almost one of the scariest things, is. I came from an agency background, 
So as Lucas said, there's a lot of times where you need to have uncomfortable conversations with your clients. And when you're at an agency, you're not necessarily empowered to do that because, you know, you need to be a little bit more aware of like the life of the contract and extending it. Whereas I, like Lucas, have had a lot of conversations where I'll flat out say, this is wrong or I believe this is wrong for X, Y, Z reasons. And if we're not on the same page, we're not going to be in a good spot where we can help one another. And that's a decision I can kind of make in the moment to help them or help myself that I, at least personally, was never empowered to be able to do in previous agency roles. And I think it's very powerful. That's a really good point. I think um, a lot of people who are looking at freelancing are probably missing that that kind of empowerment as well. That's It's really refreshing to hear you say that. Um, so just to move on a little bit to uh, some, I guess, more strategy-based questions, I was wondering if you could give us some insight on how you guys are approaching clients and building and how, how you built your solid client base or how you're still doing it. Um, and if it's an ongoing process or uh, the, the kinds of things that you started off with. Um, so anyone just jump in here uh, if you have any insight. So I'll jump in real quick. I've always felt that I was a little bit at an advantage when I you know, decided to go freelance because unwillingly and then a little bit more intentionally, you know, I've always been kind of working on my own brand. You know, I've been writing my SEO for Lunch newsletter for about six years. I've been active in Twitter and LinkedIn, gone to the conferences like Lucas and Natalie have. But that was all like at first, just because I was so addicted to learning SEO, I was so passionate about it. And then on the latter part of my agency side is always like, you know, <laughs> I really am not going to enjoy this for another 40 years. So I kind of doubled down on it. So I was very fortunate when I made the decision to go freelance, I was able to tap into my existing network. You know, I sent out about two dozen emails that was like, hey, I'm doing this. Any advice slash leads? And I also sent out within my newsletter, you know, also, hey, you can hire me. So I've always been very fortunate. So I realize that that's not exactly scalable to tell somebody, hey, go back five years, <laughs> invest in yourself and then kind of, you know, ask for favors. But I guess the takeaway from that is just be available, you know, be visible, help people without necessarily expecting anything in return. And I think, you know, that helps you build a really, really solid referral network, which is how I've gotten my best clients. Yeah, I actually really agree with that in terms of, um, I think, you know, you're not actually telling people to go back in five five years. I think what you're saying is put a little bit of trust in the SEO community who who are really, um, they are really good at supporting freelancers as well. I mean, I've seen people who, who maybe don't have the most... Um, expansive LinkedIn or something, but just adding it on there. And you just need to know one or two people who can help you put the word out there. Um, and yeah, I, I really do think that the SEO space is a really great, great space to go freelance in. Um, I don't know if you guys have any extra um, insight into how you guys have built a, uh, cl uh, your solid client base. I agree with uh, with Nick when you have a, a solid LinkedIn uh, which I always been a fan of, uh, still grandfathered some, some crazy old uh, paid plan, which, which I'm fan of. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn is my absolute go to place, but also I think 
it speaks for us if we can do a proper marketing about ourselves, about our our own brands. You know, back in the day, long, long time ago, I was um, uh, playing uh, as, a, as a DJ. I was really into music. And then after many years later, I realized that those days, I didn't even know that it was a form of PR, form of marketing about own personal brand. I was playing gigs around Eastern Europe, um, various countries, and so on and so on. So, you know, that that was a very early lesson when I was like 19, 20, uh, that, uh, that I could pick up some things and implement. And more actionable tips for people who are listening to us, I would say do not neglect your website. Make sure that your website... Uh, is as much as you can uh, is ranking. Of course, it's a competitive environment, but definitely you may find some niche, especially geo geo uh, local, uh, localized niche. Do not neglect your Google um, My Business. Uh, that's another channel, uh, like Nick said, uh, newsletters. Uh, maybe uh, from time to time, you know, be also open to participate in. Events. If you are not really that uh, uh, keen to stand on the stage, try to go online. Uh, try to uh, join some roundups, some webinars, some podcasts, and you know, try to be visible. And that is probably going to to, to pay off sooner than you think. Yeah, that's really brilliant. Invest in yourself a little bit, and, uh, and the clients will come. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> Natalie. I would say I back up both of what um, Nick and Lucas have said about building a personal brand and also um, the touching on community. I think community is a big one for me. Um, I'm a member of a lot of different communities and I think it's really, really important. You don't have to pay to be in, in communities. There are so many brilliant free communities out there. There are some that you pay like a little bit of Matt. So um, for example, women in tech SEO, fantastic. Um, I've, you know, being able to take a really like big part in it, running trainings and mentoring. And there's lots of, you know, there's lots and lots of different opportunities that are within that community. But there's also some other um, online communities, some Slack channels that are really, really helpful. Um, there's some freelance specific Slack channels and also more kind of um, digital communities um, that are really, really helpful. There's one here in Brighton called Wired Sussex and it, it, covers all of Brighton, um, East Sussex, West Sussex. Um, and it is a great way to be able to work with and communicate with and collaborate with different businesses that may need your help. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. There's lots of obviously um, loads of different um, events that you can sign up for as well. And obviously taking part in things like this. And then on the PR side as well, coming from, from as, as I also do PR, I think it's really, really important to kind of treat yourself like you would a client. Um, obviously, it's not not up to you to create if you don't want to create, obviously, content marketing campaigns. However, if you sign up to things like Quoted um, to help a B2B writer out, etc., there are really great ways and also journal request on Twitter really great ways to be able to show your authority, um, which obviously in turn can can help get you links, coverage, um, and really build your brand through that side of things as well. 
Um, and I've, I've, you know, I've been featured in Campaign Magazine, The Drum, etc. That the businesses might have had to pay for before, and I'm just like this little freelancer, just giving my point of view about a campaign. And that's that's the kind of things that that have really helped, really helped me alongside the social and and um, the communities. Yeah, that's awesome to know that even though sort of freelancing sounds like something a bit that could be a bit isolating it really doesn't have to be and there's so many people out there that are willing to give you that support and community and it's a good thing for everyone to know that that you know I mean whatever you do there's usually a community there to support you um but yeah especially especially on something that feels so isolated or could potentially feel so isolating um just like off of that um I would like to know a little bit more about some of the common challenges you guys are facing as SEO freelancers. So um, this can be like strategy or literally just mental health wise. Um, I think that would be a good one to touch on as well. Like, um, And how, how you've overcome those as you've progressed in your careers. Um, if anybody wants to just jump in. I think that this is a very, very important part of what we're doing and someone can listen uh, especially young people may, may, may say like oh my gosh how cool is this these chaps are working from home the business is coming to them they are delivering and they have money but the reality is much more complicated if you take this for a long term that is really affecting your if, if, if you want if you want start keeping balance of in and out life, and especially during the COVID uh, time, which was, in my opinion, a horrible, horrible time. Uh, less about the the the, the, the risk, uh, more about how many people were affected by lockdowns. I think this is even bigger, bigger problem until today. Then you may end up in a very difficult situation because it's a bit of trap. It's a bit of like golden, golden, golden handcuffs. And, you know, I realized personally that it, it's, it's uh, really affecting me. Um, I, my personality is changing. Uh, I am less likely to, to meet with people. So then I started really taking more care about things. I bought a bicycle. I started traveling here. Where I'm living is a beautiful, um, beautiful area of Surrey and, uh, and I can take, uh, I can take a bicycle. I can go around. I can meet some, some, uh, friends, uh, from, from around. I can spend some time with my neighbors, which also have, uh, small kids. And it, it's, it's very important because I think it's the same, like doing, you know, like being a free, being a consultant or freelancer or whatever, Whatever you will, will call it, like even working remote, remotely from home, there is a risk that nobody will close the office. You can work literally till end of the day, uh, as long as you have a power to sit in front of the computer. You can crush on your bed one p.m. one a.m. and wake up five a.m. and you will be proud of yourself, like oh my gosh, I am able to work so hard for a long term. That will really uh, that may really affect you. So. The conclusion from this, because I don't want to sound too, too, too depressing, but it's 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 very important part of that, of that uh, profession. Take care of your mental health sooner rather than than later. I agree a thousand percent with Lucas. I think the mental health and establishing boundaries is really critical. You know, one example, and I can't speak for everybody else's. 
I have always been bad even before going freelance at taking vacations. Like even when I did take vacations, I was always on my phone. I was always doing this. And it kind of leaned into it a little bit more with freelance, you know, with the mindset of like, hey, at least I'm getting paid and like I'm not making somebody else rich and yada, yada, yada. And for me, it's still very difficult being an individual contributor to go on, say, a two week vacation where you're 100 percent, you know, offline. So what I do is I embrace a smaller like workday. You know, it's not every single day, but I don't feel guilty if I'm only working four hours for one day. You know, whereas most people, we kind of have this nine to five mindset, you know, you have to be sitting in a chair. So if I know that I'm not going to be completely unplugged for two weeks on a nice vacation, I certainly don't feel guilty for doing a half day on Friday or doing my grocery shopping at 11 a.m. Or, you know, I will raise my hand. I've even been guilty of taking the 2 p.m. naps like and I don't feel guilty about it because that's the flexibility of being your own boss. But as Lucas said, it's like it's all a balance like and you have to be able to give yourself that because the last thing that I'll say is like with working for an employer, at least for me, it felt like my goals were very concrete. You know, I wanted to get a promotion and I wanted to get the raise that came with it. When you are freelance, if it's a priority to you, you can kind of make like an infinite amount of money. But Lucas said it, too. You can also be working till 3 a.m., 7 a.m., not talk to your family, and that very rarely isn't worth it. So you have to really try to set your eyes kind of on your own prize and really balance everything. And that to me is by far the most difficult component of freelancing. It's not the SEO itself, but it's trying to establish boundaries and make sure you're not going too far outside of them. I def- yeah, I definitely agree. I think mental health is so important. I've spoken about this a few times on some other podcasts and um, I've been very open about my, my own struggles with mental health through my through through the years. Um, I think it's super important to be able to, number one, look after yourself and make sure that you do have breaks. You offer yourself flexibility. Um, I give myself at least the amount of holiday that I would be entitled to through a full time job, for example. Um I was lucky enough to take my to be able to go on a really nice holiday to the Amalfi Coast last year um, because, you know, number one, I worked hard. Um, there was obviously the fear of, of, you know, clients, losing clients. I know that sounds really weird. Um, and I did actually lose a client. However, I took a learning from that. And um, it meant for me that they wouldn't have been a good client to, to work with anyway, because they didn't respect me and they didn't respect my time um, and, and my time off. Um, so, again, it's the boundaries. Um, and that also, yeah, um, another big thing I'm a massive advocate about um, being able to if you need it um, and you feel you need it. And there's a there's a couple of other people in a community that I'm in. Um, being able to invest in whatever helps your mental health. But for me, it's having a set time every week to have therapy um, and be able to speak about things. And I talk about all different kinds of things, but one of the things that that I talk about the most is work Um, and being able to talk through the problems, because if it was, if I was in a workplace, I might've spoken to a colleague about something, but obviously being able to have an, an hour a week where I can speak to someone you know, they're a paid person, they're being able to act for me. Um, yeah, being having having 
have, being able to afford therapy um, is, is obviously a privilege, but at the same time, it's something that helps me a lot. Um, and just having that hour protected time um, just for me, um, it takes me, it has, gives me a break from the working day. Um, I book in the hour afterwards as well, just in case I have a bad session and I need to go and get myself a, a, a coffee or something um, or go for a walk. But having that kind of built-in time is so important, whether it is to go for a walk, to go for a swim, to spend some time with your family, um, have a nap, have therapy, however you feel it's it, however you feel is beneficial to you is so important. And also um, as a neurodivergent person, I am prone to burnout. Um, and I I'm I'm in my fourth year of freelancing and I'm only just kind of realizing now when that when I'm heading for burnout um it it does take a while um and obviously being my own boss I kind of push myself um I I always I when I was working for someone else I always valued myself as a manager and thought you know I'm a good manager I had a lot of uh compliments about my management styles and how I worked with my with my team members however to myself I'm learning to be a better boss um and again it's something that that a lot of freelancers do struggle with um, and again going back to the community having communities where you're able to talk about is this a red flag when there's a, when they, you've had a client query or someone said something being able to bounce that um, off someone else and say oh, actually yeah that is you know that's a massive red flag or oh, can you help me with this so so important so important yeah I think what what um, I mean thanks for sharing all of that Natalie and um, I think what I'm kind of taking a little bit from what everyone's saying is there needs to be space to reward yourself for all the hard work that you do. And it's so easy to just forget that that's the whole point of life is that you do, you do the bad, the bad hard work because you get the reward and it doesn't have to be money can be that one hour therapy it can be that long bike ride that you wanted to do in the daytime as opposed to not doing it when it's dark and it's scary and and stuff like that so I think it's really inspiring to think of freelancing as something that will open those doors for you um but just to be mindful that they can completely shut them off for you if you if you don't pay enough attention to yourself um but yeah thanks for sharing that with me um everyone um I guess we'll move on to some more uh, strategy questions and sort of loop in uh, what we did, uh, what we were talking about earlier. So um, what um, what's your main uh, strategies um, or how do you stay updated with the latest, latest trends and algorithms? Who are you guys relying on the most right now? Um, and um, how important is it to stay updated in the SEO community um, as a freelancer, particularly? I'm going to drop Nick's uh, <laughs> Nick's newsletter in here. <laughs> but yeah, newsletters like Nick's, like Aleda's, so, so important. They're fantastic digestible summaries of the news that you might have missed, whether it's on Twitter, LinkedIn, Search Engine Land, wherever it is fantastic so yeah sign up to newsletters obviously engage in communities um, engage on social you don't have to say or do anything but obviously following people who do share materials and resources fantastic um, but yeah sign up to newsletters if you don't have that time um, because then in your own time you can sit there whether it's sitting on your sofa um, or whether it's on your lunchtime um, 
being able to just scroll through, have a read, um, keep up keep up to date with things, and obviously go to going to conferences as well. Super super handy. I I I think that it's very important to be up to date, but also you need to refrain from you know it's with SEO it's like sailing with a big uh, air carrier rather than a speedboat, you know. And I'm trying to avoid this, like, oh, my gosh, this week this, oh, my gosh, this week that, and this, that, this, that, because it can be really distracting. And you could see many times that something that Google implemented, it was just getting more and more traction, and then it was like, actually, we don't care about this that much. And people are like, oh, shh. And, you know, like, um, I think recently, I am very often... Uh, skimming that like website and one of the most uh, often website that I visit is SE Roundtable because Barry is writing this like super condensed like three 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 sentences tweet tweet three sentences tweet tweet and um, uh, I noticed that Bard will be uh, not they are reverting the implementation of Bard in European Union countries and so on and so on and so on some people are on the groups which are also a very good source of information groups, SEO groups, uh, were like, oh, we have a bit of more time to get ready. It's like, yeah, we, we have. So, so I think there must be, again, like with the previous question, a bit of balance. Uh, of course, you know, we are living in this AI era. Everything seems to be very exponential. It's changing very quickly. But the other side uh, of the story is a bit calm, keep calm, carry on. You know, be more like an air carrier, like a big, massive ship that is carrying lots of uh, cargo and is able to turn, but maybe a little slower. Yeah, I agree with absolutely everything that they said. I can't add anything more except maybe a small list of actual resources to check out. So selfishly, I'll plug my own SEOforlunch.com. But Aleda Solis, you know, her SEO FOMO is really good. Steve Toth's you know, SEO newsletter or uh, notebook, sorry, you know, and it's like, there's the traffic think tank one, there's rank theory, you know, there's a lot of good ones. So I think the big thing is, you know, make sure that you are aware of what's going on, but definitely don't overthink it because the worst thing you can do, especially if you want to be a freelancer is spend too much time reading and not taking action because you no longer are getting paid to read about SEO or watch SEO you know, videos. You only get paid when you actually do the work. So make sure you find a good balance. Yeah, that's awesome advice. Um, would anybody mind sharing a few success stories or notable projects that you've worked on just to sort of round up how, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about how, how hard it can be, but it would be really nice to get a bit of insight into some some things that have gone really well for you. We don't need so many details as as opposed to just actual actual things that you've come away and gone, I'm bloody proud of myself for becoming a, a freelancer. Okay, so I, I, will, I will be very quick. My uh, uh, happy and sad the same time story is when the business is getting acquired and then they are kicking me <laughs> out because they're like, yeah, we have no agency. So it's like, I don't have a good job. They've been acquired partially because SEO was serving such a massive role. But then, like, you know, like there is no more place for me because they may have in-house team or something. So that was uh, that was uh, one of the type of the story that uh, I really like uh, 
partially like to be. And there was a couple of, in last few years, there was a couple of situations like that, that uh, the team. Oh, and then there is one more. Sometimes this is more like on the personal level. Sometimes, you know, I'm, because my way of working is like I'm having meetings every week with an internal team. We're going through the obstacles. We're doing what was done. I'm working more like this kind of consultant. So less uh, hands-on, more about the strategic thing. And sometimes I'm sitting and I'm talking like we're talking right now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am the longest serving person of that team. Because the director <laughs> changed twice. The team changed three times. And I'm like, since when we're working? And then I'm going to the Gmail. It's like the first email was 2019, December. Wow, that's already almost four years. So, you know, that's a nice feeling. Despite from the fact I'm not an employee, I'm the longest serving and, you know, there is always something to be done rather than there is like, oh, you know, and there is this Lucas in the corner. He's doing something. <laughs> but, you know, there's always the dynamics, despite from the fact that people are changing. So that's uh, my two success stories. That's awesome. Anybody else want to chime in? Real quick, uh, I'll share one. I think it's still one that I am most proud of. And it was very early in my freelance career. So it stays kind of special to me. But I had an individual reach out to me. And she had a website. It was kind of a Pinterest type, so very image heavy, but in a particular sector. So it was very niche. Um, but she had told me something along the lines of, you know, we spent three years trying to figure out why these images aren't showing up in Google. And, you know, obviously that's the whole basis for the website. Sorry, guys. And then um, basically in two months worth of time, we had fixed it. Like I won't go into the technical issues, but I was able to work with their team and get the right things implemented. And we saw kind of the skyrocket approach to indexation and then some of the performance. So I have a testimonial that literally reads something along the lines of like what we had been trying to do for three years, Nick had come in and solved in three months. And it's something that I've always thought was just an exceptional testimonial. That's awesome. It's so, it's so good that you can, uh, still still find um pride in that as well which is really nice yeah, Natalie, absolutely. i'd love to give you some space to to talk about something oh gosh so i think being freelance it gives you the opportunity to work with like businesses that really make a difference um and i've worked with charities as well so i do some charity work as well um and yeah some of some of the campaigns that i've helped run with them have been yeah amazing but there's a couple of brands that I've worked for that have been like my dream dream brands and um, one of which there was a there was a brand um I won't I can't say the name obviously NDAs and things but it's a brand that I if I told my if I told my 14 year old self that I were that I'd worked with um and helped them with a migration project 14 year old me would be like wow that is really really cool and being able to work with yeah being able to have like empower yourself and be able to work with number one yeah for me brands that make a difference whether it's a brand whether it's a charity um and also yeah those, those kind of dream dream brand names um little old me just like working with them it's fantastic um there was another one um another brand that i me well i've that i've been a big fan of fan of i just shot them an email work with them and train their internal team up um so now number one their um their internal team are fantastic at seo themselves which is wonderful um and i was able to kind of walk away from them and say this team knows their stuff um 
but yeah, again, working for a brand that 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 I'm really passionate about um, and being able to kind of empower them is is so so rewarding. That's so nice. I love that all three of your examples were like things that you were proud of because of how it, how it made you feel. Not it doesn't have to be a money thing. It's it's very much what freelancing seems to be about. Is is what I'm getting from you guys is it's making yourself proud of of who you've worked with, how long you've worked with them, and the difference you've made, which is really cool. Okay, this is my last question. Um, not really a question, more of just a space for you guys to give your final thoughts and. Um, advice on people who are considering transitioning from a full-time job to becoming an SEO freelancer how how should they go about it why should they do it um anybody want to go first I'm gonna have to ask all three of you because you're too good not to not to get this information out of should we start with Natalie oh gosh okay (laughs) (laughs) I I as we've mentioned before, I think a lot of people will say you have to have a certain amount of money in the bank to be an, to, to be a freelancer. All three of us have, have, have reiterated you don't. All three of us have come, you know, from situations where we might not have had, you know, generational wealth or um, a partner's income to fall back on, or six months worth of salary to then fall to, you know, to fund our work. Um, so, you know, if you're in a situation like Nick was, and you're wondering, you know, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? Again, <laughs> I've been in that position where I'm like, I, I will I will work in a supermarket and stack shelves if I want to, um, if I need to. That's that's that I'm not I'm not scared or worried about that. Um, so yeah, you don't need to have if you if you if you if you're able to fund fund yourself, fine. Um, but there are a lot of us, um, and I think it's really important to 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 emphasize to people there are a lot of us who do not have that money or uh, you know a certain amount of money to to back us up to to fall back on at the start um and then obviously being freelance and being able to generate our own wealth and our own income ourselves and then have that kind of fallback fund or whatever that is being able to 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 to, to empower ourselves and do that ourselves um is so so important for example i didn't know i would be able to save up if i had a normal seo job i don't know if i'll be able to save up the a deposit for a mortgage especially in a in, in an in a expensive place in which i live whereas i have been able to um it's things like that 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 really do that really do help but yeah you do not need to have you know, partner's income to fall back on. You don't You don't always need to have that six months amount of money. If you feel like you need to do it and you've got one or two clients that will pay your bills and your rent for a couple of months while you then kind of further build your client base, give it a go. You can always go back to full-time jobs. I've known people that, you know, freelancing hasn't worked for them. You can always go back. Um, and that's a big thing as well. Um, if, if you are worried and if, if the worst scenario happens, you can go back and you can prove to yourself you've got massive amount of you know experience. You've got your t- client testimonials. You've done a lot more than what you probably would have done whether your agency or in-house. Brilliant. Thanks, Natalie. Uh, Lucas, some final advice, tips, tricks? I, I think if you if you just finish your uni, you may want to uh, spend uh, some time, uh, doesn't need to be long, but some time in the agencies or in the in-house, you will understand much better the, the, the environment, what clients want. That is a phenomenally good lesson. You may want to 
even be like uh, an hour, uh, an uh, hour, <laughs> a year, or a year and a half here, year and a half there, and then after three, four, maybe five years, you will maybe find much, much easier to to switch. I know I, I'm using this metaphor sometimes. Uh, I was always saying like, if you want to be a musician who is in ex. Um, uh, experiment music so maybe you want to mature in some genre and then switch into experiments uh that that will give you at least maybe some uh, better foundations but i know that this is not the only way because there is lots of brilliant people who may want to jump into the uh freelance or building own agency even which is sometimes a consequence of freelance uh immediately right after the, the the studies Everything else, what Natalie said, I, I, I agree. So, yeah, that's me. Brilliant. And fu- and finally, Nick? Yeah, so, again, I, I agree with everything that Natalie Lucas had said. Um, I think the big things is I would just invest in your SEO knowledge and building that experience because a lot of people can kind of fake it until they make it with selling and getting, you know, the leads. But in a freelance world, like you can't fake results. So if you don't know what you're doing, you don't have a coworker that can do it for you or go to your boss and say, I haven't learned this yet. Like if you don't know it, you don't know it. And hopefully you'll say something to your client. Otherwise, trust me, they'll tell you and you won't be uh, getting paid anymore. Uh, But with that, the only other thing that I would say that I don't believe I heard is feel free to test into like freelancing, like you can have your full-time job and then take on clients. You know, I believe Natalie, you may have mentioned it. I know a lot of people that love the idea of making extra money and then they take on a client and they hate spending the extra time more than they do enjoy getting the extra money. So they just learn real quick that either they don't enjoy it or they lean really heavily and almost demand having the account management or the finance team be able to do those things. So um, other than that, like I said, if you do those two things, I say go for it. Um, as the team has already said, worst case scenario, the, the industry for SEO talent is hot. And if you know what you're doing, you can go back and very likely have very you know little risk to it. Emergency funds are good, too. Doesn't sound like many of us have <laughs> had much, but if you can have enough to kind of take that risk for six months and then not have to go into the negative and you go back, I'd say six months of savings being spent on that will make you a better employee in the long run too. Well, what a fabulous chat. Thank you so much uh, to everyone for coming on. I wasn't really expecting it to to go so so personal and deep and really appreciate you guys sharing your insight into to everything i'm just going to bring in david really quickly to introduce our uh, next next time's episodes yeah thanks jenny yeah superb episode absolutely and um it certainly sounds like there could be a part two of this one here but um, mm. yeah in terms of uh, the next episode um we'll be broadcast at 4 p.m uk time on monday the 17th of july the topic's going to be what can seo learn from digital pr that episode's going to be with darren kingman eva cheng and isa lavs now that episode is actually going to be pre-recorded um so no such live interaction we had great in, uh, live interaction as part of this one you know lots of great people watching yeah. live sharing their comments really appreciate that as well but um sign up at the knowledge panel show.com we'll let you know when we're doing the next live one and hopefully you can join us join us live for that one 
Brilliant. Thanks so much, everyone, for coming on to the Knowledge Panel, episode 36. And uh, really hope to have you guys on again, uh, hopefully for a part two of this. So thanks. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Bye. Stay safe. Thanks. Bye.